Well, man in the Michigan hat, we have officially finished our March Madness contest, and we have one final person that won our giveaway. So congratulations to epark at live.com. Live? 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 Is it better to live or to be alive? I, oh, I feel like live like you're really living, you know, if you're okay. alive, you just have a pulse, but you want to really live, man. Oh, I like that. Thank yeah. you, Aristotle. Yeah. <laughs> At live.com. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, Watch is actually alive. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I should have. <laughs> First of all, I would like to know how I can get an email on the live or live.com uh, network because that sounds pretty cool. Is it a business? It's a way of life, I think. <laughs> live. <That's deep>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where do you That's, work? I just live. It's probably their slogan, right? It's not it's not a business, it's a way of life. Yeah. Live.com. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if you can hook me up with that, I'd be great. Um, but I also, you know, par- e park. To me, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's all the COVID talking, which makes it sound like I'm drinking. But maybe it's <laughs> all the COVID goggles. talking. But E Park to me sounds like this twisted like online pl- playground for kids that is virtual only. What twisted? <laughs> <laughs> only because you know people would hack into it and be oh, right. problems. Yeah, but right. no, it'd be like. You know, you know, this park district is introducing e-park where you and your kids can watch pretend kids go down pretend slides. Like, <laughs> go on the virtual swings. The screen just moves. <laughs> Good work. It would be how off would that <laughs> like, all right, uh, today at two o'clock on e-park, we're going to play. Uh, we're going to play monkey wood chips. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is lava wherever you are to get off yeah 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 wait maybe this is actually a good idea should we start a a business it sounds awful (laughs) it does especially since most parks are open now by live.com yeah or e-park what if it was a it could be like did you ever play roller coaster tycoon or zoo tycoon it could be like that but for playgrounds that'd be sweet you build your own park that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. But I guess how adventurous can you get with swings and slides? Like, we're going to install a whole other row of swings. Oh, come on. You can get pretty adventurous. Oh, we're going to, here we're going to install the 60 foot swings. And so you have to like climb <laughs> okay, up a pole, cool. get onto the swing, pole and then dance. you have to, no, you have to oh. jump off or slide down the pole when you're done. <laughs> Yeah, you could like jump off the sixty foot swing and land onto a trampoline. Okay, okay, that's that does. Sound How awesome cool. would that be? You probably get flung off the, the trampoline and break your neck, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> It'd be an awesome fifteen seconds. <laughs> you know what E part kind of sounds like though? Like what would be written on the emergency brake for your car? Like oh yeah, pull the E park. You know, I like that. Yeah, have you ever had to use that? only when i'm like trying to do donuts (laughs) or if i'm parking on a hill or something i never have used it while i'm driving yeah i don't i've never used it are you i mean only in emergencies (laughs) 
That makes sense. <laughs> hence, the, hence the E. Yeah. <laughs> I've I I've used... economy break. Like you pull that one if you want to like save on gas mileage and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just jam the E break every time you get to an intersection. <laughs> or you know, going with off economy. Maybe it is economy park and it's like city parking. And so like most huh. city parking, you know, is like twenty bucks or whatever. Maybe economy parking. You pull into this one. There's no lines in between where you're supposed to park. There's potholes everywhere. There's nails sticking up from the ground. Like you're most likely going to either get stabbed or shot or robbed. You're going to leave with a flat tire, but it's like $4 to park there. I'd actually probably do that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's at live.com. So it makes it sound better. Oh, good point. Good point. Um, (laughs) Or, or what it, if e-park is like where you park if you have like an economic vehicle or like a little vehicle, like a moped parks in the e-park spot. I could see that. I could see that. It, are e-parks like e-cigs? <laughs> How? <laughs> I just because it has the word e, okay? <laughs> Hipsters go to the e-parks. <laughs> e-park. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a dog park where you take only dogs there. E-parks is where only e-cigarette smokers go to hang out. It's a very specific park. (laughs) Exclusive (laughs) to e-cigarette smokers and sometimes vapors. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Um, The thing that's catching me on this when I look at this is like, if you kind of read this backwards in a way, Park E crappy. Park E Parky Cody oh. <laughs> Cody Parky. Oh. And you know what? Cody Parky at live.com. Cody Parky is live backwards. Evil. Evil. Cody evil Parky, Parky is evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Illuminati trying to decode. <laughs> yeah. So really, I think the Cody Park Par- did Cody Parkey win our last giveaway for March Madness. Might have. Is yeah. this Cody Parkey's email? If it was Cody Parkey, he would have won twice, though. A double, a double prize. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Cody Parkey, if this is you, please, I would, I beg of you to go on to Good Morning America tomorrow to announce that you've won this, um, because we would love the, the free Forgot ads. About the Good Morning America thing. Yeah. Yeah. Was a whole He's on the Browns still, right? I've, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but seriously, if you're going to go on Good Morning America tomorrow, Cody Parkey, we'd love to see you repping our logo just to help us out with that, those free ads. So do us a favor and do that and uh, enjoy the, the free Grubhub. Enjoy the free shirt. Enjoy the rest of March Madness and uh, try to make some field goals. Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. 
We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host, a Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat. I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. Furious, what is going on for today's episode? Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are, so we tell them. We are the Daltons, the mighty Andy Daltons. <laughs> Just kill me, please. Oh, wait. I was like waiting because I was like. <laughs> I was waiting because I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's where the music will start. I was like, oh, I forgot the music has already started. <laughs> Well, I didn't feel like I could go. I didn't feel like I could say, no, kill no. me, please. And then say, well, and let's then, get into our vent set. Let's start our vent set. <laughs> I'm just blankly staring at the screen. I was just so your eyes are glazed over from so much college basketball. You've been watching that. That's a good point. Not even aware. Well, that's a good transition there. Yeah. So my vent sesh, I'll start because yours kind of leads into the main topic. And mine is very, <laughs> I don't know, unrelated to anything else we'll be talking about. But we were talking before the show about basketball, how fun it looks to play, reminiscing like when we were playing on basketball teams growing up. And it made me remember, I don't know if any listeners have been on a team like an organized basketball team and has done the three-man weave drill. Mm, love that. Has there ever been a more pointless drill in the history of organized sports than the three-man weave? Hmm. Like that braid you make going down the court. So I get in theory you're teaching kids like spacing the floor, how to pass on the move. But I feel like you could do like an abbreviated version of that. Like practice it actually inside the paint like you're gonna have a defend the coach stand where a defender would you're gonna weave around him pass it then move to the open space like you could do a shortened version of that you don't have to do a 15 second trip down the court with yeah dozens of passes like it's just the most redundant ridiculous drill you can run usually you have you have like lines of three guys lined up on either side of the court and so mm-hmm. one side will go down during the three-man weave. The last guy lays it in. And then th- the next th- group of three that's in front on that end of the court grabs the ball. They do it down. Then mm-hmm. you just go back and forth until the coach says that you're done. And it's so stupid <clears throat> because, like, you have the entire team standing around, not participating, while you watch these three guys make this braid down the court. Yep. And I just feel like there's so many more efficient ways to teach those same skills and – have it actually be similar to game action because like when you the second you get into a game especially when you're talking younger kids all that stuff goes out the window and it doesn't look anything like the three-man weave so and maybe at a higher level it translates better and this is i don't know this is i I am just when i think about what was my thought process shoot man i'm the one to think about nothing <laughs> uh, of course i'm scrolling twitter right now which is probably the the reason i'm screwing home. myself in my thought process um yeah for me the, what this is equivalent to is proofs in geometry okay oh, yeah. i can't stand proofs i 
hated geometry when because here's the thing i can handle certain things like oh find the area of a triangle find the surface area of a pyramid Mm -hmm. whatever like find the volume of a you know a cylinder i can whatever i'm good things that actually have application yeah those things are fine but then when you ask me at the end of a lesson prove that this is a triangle okay three points three sides like like i learned when i was four years old okay <laughs> proof my eyes it is yeah. a triangle it has three sides three points oh yes but is it isosceles or obtuse or acute <laughs> it's a triangle why does it matter <laughs> and why is it our job to do the proofs isn't that what like pythagoras and all these like scientists and mathematicians back in the 1500s were supposed to have done for us like what was the point of them doing all that work if we can't now assume that as true i just I hated proofs because it was just it was proving and I guess the main reason I hate it is because you would have certain people who are geometry be like well you know actually it is very helpful for blah 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 and then they proceed to list like three careers that I'll never go into like oh well you know it is very helpful for like nuclear engineering oh okay okay. that's good (laughs) it's it's very helpful for you know brain a neurosurgeon oh okay (laughs) nice feel like that's something you could learn at a higher level if you're going into that field it does let's just save the proofs until you're in a doctorate level class like okay now we've gotten narrowed down to the point where we're talking to only people who need to know this or it feels like something that only like kids from like elitist families that send their kids to like private boarding schools would learn you know (laughs) like you're gonna learn latin and you're gonna learn proofs (laughs) (laughs) geometric proofs yeah they're the latin of math yeah so anyway the huh. three man weave to me is like proofs in geometry Comple- uh, that's a good example actually. i can that's understand helpful. i guess the basic reason why it's done but i think they're absolutely useless and then the theory it's similar because the theory is by learning the proofs you're going to understand the basic like how a triangle the works makes sense yeah, you're going to like basically the thought is by doing this complex deep dive or doing something like this, you're going to understand what you were originally doing that much better and it's going to be easier. But it doesn't work. It just overcomplicates things. Same with a three man weave. It's going to make you run better on offense. But what it does is it turns into a completely separate drill and then it takes away from the time you could have spent just practicing real offense. Yeah, <laughs> right. just like in math, you could have spent the time actually practicing the problems instead of diving into or you always have all these you always have people especially our age who are like oh i i loved that class in school and they taught me how to balance a checkbook like there's all these like people complain about life skills and stuff and this is coming from me a teacher like people complain about why there's not enough life skills being taught and whatever and it's like because Mm -hmm. we're being taught that we have to prove that a triangle is a triangle that's why okay (laughs) (laughs) like it's so stupid um Mm -hmm. anyway yep uh, um that (laughs) should that could really just be my vent sesh because i'm fired up about proving (laughs) shapes are shapes (laughs) stupidest thing ever yep also like talking about useless things what about did you ever do the dissection of the earthworm for I don't biology. think I did do that one. I did the frog. I did... Uh, or no, I did a frog and a pig. Okay, I never some dissections like those are helpful. Um, yeah. I did 
I did a worm for bio in high school and it, and a worm in college. And this is an earthworm for bi- both of these for bio. Totally, total waste of my time. You cut it. <laughs> they were on a real budget, right? <laughs> we're gonna dissect a gnat, <laughs> or they're yeah they're, that I found. By like, my all right, students. All right, students. Later this week, we're gonna dissect earthworms. And you know what? It rained last night, so everyone get your sh- boots on. We're gonna go outside. I want you to find four earthworms. Right. Um, <laughs> it is funny how that is a reflection on like I knew I had friends who went to like nicer districts and they dissected like baby sharks nice <laughs> so it is funny how yeah earthworms well the, here's the thing sharks. earthworms <laughs> were worthless because you cut it open and of course you know like when you do a dissection for bio they give you like that card where it has like mm-hmm. the diagram of what you like the different body parts well first of all a worm has like two body parts it's a <laughs> neck <laughs> its whole body is a neck <laughs> is that what it is or is it something else Oh, oh my. <laughs> That's a good question. Or is it all one? Is it a leg? What is an earthworm? It's its third leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but the, yeah. The, also, you cut it open. And hey, by the way, biology professor, are you stupid or did you forget that earthworms eat dirt? Like, this thing is filled <laughs> with dirt. You want me to see. These two body parts in this earthworm that's filled with dirt, like <laughs> it's just is a waste of a dissection. Like I'm more interested in looking at microbiology on mm. under under a microscope than I am dissecting that this earthworm. Cool. That's really cool. I like that part. Like, yeah. <laughs> show me some freaking water bears, okay? Those are cool. Water bears are sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, biology is one of the subjects that can be really cool but it feels like things are done which obviously i'm not an expert at all but if you removed some things and focused on other things biology would be 10 times cooler that i think that yeah i think speaking trying to speak objectively as a as a school teacher what i would say is i think that there's this and this is going to get actually very serious for a second, everybody. There's this right. thing in like in a lot of ways of life where there's people that are trying to make a change and trying to make a push to where things are better. And, and as far as school goes, people are trying to make a push to where things are more immediately relevant to our lives. But there's always, with things, resistance to change. And so it's hard because you have... The people, a lot of people in the old school of thought, and a lot of people in the new school of thought, and you get this mixture of archaic styles of teaching with futuristic styles of teaching, and mm-hmm. people that then do a blend, and it just kind of creates kind of a tricky system at times. So anyway, hmm. all that to say, and that can be applied to like any area of life where there's trying to be change pushed. I mean. And again, I don't want to get like too serious or whatever, but when we talk about like r- like uh racial reform in America, mm-hmm. like yep. it's amazing the amount of resistance we get still. Like I showed my English class I have a dream uh 4 weeks ago or something and they were like analyzing the rhetoric that MLK used. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing to me listening to it again. Uh like everything he's talking about is like 
still so applicable like 50 yeah, years later crazy. it's it's stupid it's stupid mm-hmm. uh that there's been like no change anyway uh yeah. speaking of like being resistant to change um the bo- <laughs> <laughs> the bear the bears uh uh yeah. everyone knew they were gonna make a change at quarterback they did yeah and uh but this is a change that i'm very okay with being resistant to a change that i'm very very passionate very upset about still a week later and by the way if you heard last week's effing uh frustration nation you heard my vent sesh and it sounded like bad audio because it was from my phone because it was a live reaction to the news that the bears signed andy dalton and i'm very very upset by this news so i if you want to see the video reaction it's actually available on twitter i think i pinned it to my profile so you can see it for your viewing pleasure um man i don't need like here's the thing first of all i'm gonna i'm about to say a lot of very like mean things but (laughs) first of all this none of this is against andy dalton himself like same thing with mitchell trubisky Mm -hmm. they were it's not their fault they were put into this position yep it's not it is not andy dalton's fault that he was put into the position of a mishandling ownership and i have so much to say about the bears actually i start my vent session originally before i vented about geometry was about the Chicago Bears. Basically, there's no direction. What the like? I, I'm I'm sick of so much. One, I'm sick of the lack of communication between the front office and the fans. Just can you please, for once, be more upfront and just tell like tell us? Did you extend Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, or didn't you? Are they on the hot seat, or aren't they? We are not going to really be that mad. We just want to know. We're honestly more mad because we don't know. Like, if you came forward and told us, oh, yeah, we extended Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to a five-year contract, fine. At least now we have an idea of what to expect from them. But right now, mm-hmm. we are all expecting them to be this super desperate, you know, couple in the front office because they're on the hot seat when maybe they're not. And so now we're going to judge their moves in a vacuum that is created by you having this expectation for fans that they're on the hot seat when indeed it may actually be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like it's this communication. It's a very basic thing. And I feel like maybe they didn't want to disclose that information at first. Then that's fine. It's their choice to disclose it or not. But at this point, they've seen the vitriol of the fan base. You would think at some point they'd just be like, look, if it would put your minds at ease. Yes, we extended them like that. Yeah, I, I guarantee you there would be a little bit of fan outrage for probably a week or two but after that mm-hmm. everyone would calm down and by the way for content creators like us and you know i do full press bears and stuff it's honestly hard to even like talk about what to expect from the front office because i don't know what their contract deal is is this a make or break year for matt Nagy and ryan pace or isn't it because mm-hmm. all the talk about russell wilson and deshaun watson it seemed like this was a make or break year and everyone was selling me saying oh yeah well here the thing the bears have that other teams don't have is the bears have desperation and we know ryan pace and desperation will do anything he can to save his job and all this stuff and you you have the ryan you have the russell wilson move fall through apparently the bears offered a lot 
and Andy Dalton was the next thing. And it's just frustrating because now it's like, what are we doing with Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton, to me, yes, he's better. Sure, he's better than Mitch Trubisky. He's better than Nick Foles. People have been saying he's better than Jay Cutler. Some people are saying he's going to be the best quarterback in Bears history, and that's fine. But the point is we're trying to move forward, and we're just continuing to go in this circle of mediocrity. The Bears moving from 8-8 eight and eight to 9-8 and eight, because, remember, it's a 17-game season to me is not going to be improvement like mm-hmm. improvement for the, the bears have made the playoffs two of the past three years the improvement is winning a playoff game andy dalton has thrown one touchdown in four playoff games andy dalton is not he's just not the answer he will be good enough to help us have another average season which will net us an average draft pick and everything will just continue to be average. And that is what's so frustrating about the Bears. And I'm sorry I'm having like another little vent sesh right now, but it's frustration nation after all. And the thing is, is like, I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of hearing this narrative of like, oh, but the Bears are trying. Look, they tried really hard for Russell Wilson. They tried really hard for Kenny Galladay. Uh, They tried really hard to get Kyle Fuller to come back for less money. Uh, They tried really hard for, you know, to get Allen Robinson to sign an extension. Like all it's like, come Mm -hmm. on. Like, thank you for the credit. Thank you for telling us that our GM and coach aren't pushovers and that they are trying their best. Frankly, I expect them to be trying their best. That's like the point of any person's job. If you're not trying mm-hmm. the best at your job, then you probably aren't doing what exactly what you're supposed to, right? Like part of your job is to do your job. And as a GM and head coach, there's a lot of demands on your plate, but in the off season, the biggest demand is acquiring your talent and doing the best you can. And I'm here to say, and this might be controversial, and I'd love to hear your input. Mm-hmm. People have been saying, oh, the Bears the Bears tried their best for Russell Wilson. I don't think they did because here's my opinion. When you look at some of the recent transactions like Laramie Tunsil to the, to, uh, to the Texans or even the Jamal Adams trade going to Seattle, both of these players were netting like – multiple picks i think one of them even netted two first round picks and now you're gonna tell me that russell wilson who is almost without a doubt at this point a hall of fame quarterback a superstar top five quarterback in the league currently you're telling me that three first round picks is now going to be enough for him i know it was like three first round picks two thirds a fifth and like two players mm-hmm. and i get that to bears fans it sounds like a lot but this is Russell Wilson. I mean, come on. And I understand you can't give up more than three first-round picks in the future, but th- three firsts, two-third, a fifth, and two players, offer more until they say yes. That's where I'm at. And I want to hear your thoughts. And this just goes back to the whole transparency thing. Like, I could, What I could understand is if they came out and said, hey, it's, assume that it had been said they were extended. Even if they don't want to say how long, just say, yes, we've extended them. They have more than just this year. Then they come out and say, hey, we did offer Seattle for Wilson, but not did we not that we tried the best we could, but 
we got to a point where we were not willing to give up anymore. We really have a lot of faith in our front office and our ability to get what we want through the draft, and we don't want to trade that much capital. You might disagree with that, but at least you can understand it. Just saying we tried, it, it, it implies that you failed. Like, Not that you made a conscious decision, we're not going to offer more because we weighed our options and decided to stick with the picks. You know, like It just comes across as incompetent. And I completely agree with what you said earlier where effort is the bare minimum required in any job. If you're not giving effort, you should be fired on the spot. So like trying to get credit for trying hard, like it doesn't work in any field. Like the, where I work, if somebody says, hey, look, I'm trying really hard, but if I have your performance review in front of me and it says your numbers are below what's required of you and you're performing the worst out of all the people in your like in your department then if you're putting all this effort in and not getting results i'm sorry it's not a fit like and that's fine not every job's like you don't not every job's a fit and maybe you shouldn't be the gm of the bears like that's the way i look at it if you're putting effort and not getting results results are what matter like thanks for your effort but clearly it's not working if that's the case and so the lack of communication has backed them into this corner because it makes any failure to make a big splash look like the, look like a failure and not a decision that's being made by a front office that's planning for the future. At least you can sell that. Like, hey, the price for Wilson was insane. We have a lot of faith that we can find a guy this year or next year in the draft. Andy Dalton has been brought in to compete for the starting job, and we're confident over the next few years we're going to have a solution. Like something – like. Just be more – it doesn't come across as genuine. It doesn't come across as like they have a plan. Um, and speaking as somebody who's a fan of several teams that have done this, the most frustrating thing a franchise can do is treat the fans like they're idiots and try to like hide what you're doing. The Bears literally treat their fan base they, – they think that their fan base is like the SNL version of Bears fans where all we do is we get yeah. – drunk on miller light every sunday morning we eat bratwursts and have heart attacks like that's all they think that bears fans are and that and that's all true but that's not all that bears fans are that's right that's right <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no you're right and so it's it's very frustrating it is it's so i think they don't i think they don't realize the mccaskies and ted phillips and Ryan Pace, honestly, I don't think they realize how good they have it with Bears fans compared to so many other fan bases. Like, hmm. and I haven't been a part of other fan bases, so it's hard for me to say, but and I'm not about to say the Bears have the most loyal fan base, but we are of the most mm -hmm. loyal fan bases. Like, yeah, I would like, frankly, from what I know, Packers fans are very loyal which it's easy to do when you have two eras of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, but still, um, but like, or like passionate, like loyal, like the lions have very loyal fans cause they've been fans through really bad teams. Um, so it depends like how you define it, but as far as like passionate, really fired up, passionate, want to win. Yeah. Bears fan, like whatever metric you use. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so much. And again, <sighs> 
here, let me say this. The other thing that's going on is, you know, a lot of people are, including Adam Schefter even, is like, oh, well, I, 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 Russell Wilson trade is not off the table. It still very well could happen. It might happen closer to draft day. It might happen when, or it might happen closer to draft day because then the Bears can give up four first rounders. It might come closer to June 1st when the Seattle would take less of a cap hit on trading Russell Wilson. Like, mm -hmm. there's all these scenarios where Russell Wilson could be available, and some experts have said they do believe that Russell Wilson will still be traded to the Bears sometime this offseason. Like, some people have actually said that. And to mm -hmm. me, it's like, look, I've, I have been broken. I'm officially broken at this point. Like, I, Russell Wilson was my last, like, measure of hope, if you will. And at this point... And I'm not broken with the Bears, but I am broken with this GM and front office pairing. And I know the McCaskies aren't planning on selling the team anytime soon. So everybody who's – I also get annoyed by this. All these Bears fans, I'll talk about things on Twitter or on podcasts or whatever, and people are like, oh, well, it starts up top. I understand that. I Don't you think yeah. I understand that? But why – like, put yourself in the McCaskies position. Why in the world would they sell their team? It's like their mm -hmm. only moneymaker, and it makes them billions of dollars. Why mm -hmm. would you get? Why would you sell that team? Like that's stupid. And yeah. so I'm not gonna say the McCaskies need to sell a team because that's stupid. But Phillips needs to be in a new position. Ryan Pace, he either needs to be fired or put in a different position within the organization because I do think Ryan Pace brings value. I do think he has some very valuable assets, especially with his late round scouting and picking that we've seen results on the bears for. And I don't think Matt yeah, let him just be like a draft guy or a talent scout. Like and I don't think Matt Nagy is a horrible coach. I don't, yeah. I think Matt Nagy can shine with better players, but point is, is I I'm just all of these rumors of, Oh, well, Russell Wilson still technically has a chance Mm -hmm. I just I can't get I can't get excited for it now. Like I was very excited for it, and when it came back with the excuse, "Oh, we tried hard," but here's Andy Dalton. It is just yeah. not the consolation prize that I was wanting, and it was it, it just kind of deflates you entirely. Deflate gate. Um, I, so <laughs> I'm just drained from that the experience, honestly, and uh. Like, I guess I'm looking forward to the draft because I have no idea what the Bears will do. I don't know. I'm really worried that Ryan Pace is going to draft Kyle Trask. Like, I'm very, I'm very scared that the Bears are going to draft Kyle Trask. I'm very scared. I'm very scared even that they're going to trade up too far for Mac Jones. Because I think Mac Jones will be there at 20 mm -hmm. when the Bears pick. And mm -hmm. I'm scared the Bears are going to trade up to, like, the sixth spot or something. And draft Mac Jones when Trey Lance is still on the board, and Ugh. I know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I have a lot of things I'm frustrated about. I don't really know what to do with it. I'm just I'm mad. And and when it comes to Andy Dalton, because that's where this all started anyway. The frustration for me with Andy Dalton is this: last year the Bears had a chance to sign Andy Dalton, and they decided to sign Nick Foles. What was the uh? what was the reasoning, the rationale provided to us fans by the Bears trading a fourth-round pick and then extending Nick Foles? 
the rationale provided to us was, look, in a COVID year where we aren't able to have our training camps and everything, we're bringing in a quarterback that is very familiar with the system that Matt Nagy runs, so it'll be easy for him to pick it up with limited training. Okay, I can buy that. I understand that. Nick Foles has shown flashes of success in the past, especially in the 17 and 18 seasons. Okay, I'm listening. Let's see how it goes. Okay, well, we're announcing Mitchell Trubisky to be the starter. Okay, kind of weird, but okay, like, let's keep, let's go on. Mitchell Trubisky's 3-0. and Okay, well, let's start Nick Foles. Like, you can see how this logic all of a sudden is starting to get weird. But then the same logic for Nick Foles. Okay, well, we're bringing him in because he knows the system. Andy Dalton has never played in the Andy Reid system. And guess what? It's still a COVID-shortened year where there's no combine, there's going to be limited training camps, and now you're bringing in Dalton? Why didn't you just bring him in last year? If you thought Dalton was the better quarterback than Foles, but Foles knew the system, at some point, what? At some point, are you valuing talent or the system? Because at some point, the talent has to outweigh the system. It has to. Like, and if any quarterback is a professional enough quarterback, they will figure out the system. They will. Mm-hmm. They will. And it, it's frustrating to me, and this is, again, more about, I guess, the Nick Foles decision. Why did you bring in Nick Foles? If, if Andy Dalton was who you wanted, who you thought was great, guess what? You could have gotten him for $3 million last year, and he went to the Cowboys as a backup. I guarantee you if he would have had a chance to compete for a starting job like Nick Foles had, Dalton gladly would have taken that contract, maybe even for less, to play in Chicago as a starter. And now this year, instead of $3 million, you're paying him $10 million with $13 million potentially in incentives. So you're paying potentially $10 million more to have him come have a backup last year, come start this year, who's on the wrong side of 30, and who's never really been like this outstanding court. I think he's made the Pro Bowl once or something. Like, again... I'm this is not me hating on Andy Dalton because I do think he will I think I will enjoy watching him play as Bears quarterback more than I realize the frustrating Mm -hmm. thing to me is the logic you're telling us a year ago we can't do these other quarterbacks even somebody like Tom Brady because he doesn't know the system but we're gonna go with Nick Foles because he does (laughs) okay I'm listening I understand what you're saying well you know who's available this year that knows the system Alex freaking Smith I would have understood more if you went and got Alex Smith than Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And But Andy Dalton just makes no sense to me. The Ryan Fitzpatrick signing, everyone was like, oh, I'd love Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, you don't. You like him because he's a bro. He, he But his quarterback <laughs> play is not going to be what you want for this team. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm sick of it because all I hear is hypocrisy. Oh, well, the system matters. Oh, but actually this year we're just going to get Andy Dalton even though he doesn't know the system. I am just confused, I am frustrated, and I am tired of this news cycle with the Bears. I will continue to talk about them a lot on Full Press Bears, and you should check that out. That comes out once every week during the offseason, twice every week during the season. Check that out, Full Press Bears podcast. I will keep talking about the Bears. On this podcast, I am really looking forward to taking a break i am so <laughs> yeah. ready for the nfl draft to come and go so that we can freaking talk about baseball 
the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals and move on to something better with my life. Where should I put this Class. soapbox you gave me? <laughs> no, that was great. I'm just in awe. That was a yeah, classic rant. Yes. No, it's I yeah, can't say it better myself. So many things you said, I had thoughts throughout of like I know how that feels or that's like these are all signs of things you see with bad front offices. Like um moves that are being made like without any logic seemingly or moves that are made to appease fan bases rather than moves that make sense to win games. It's just, um, yeah. I mean, maybe there's still some master plan and we'll see, um, really like we'll have to evaluate this after the draft, but I don't think I, there's no situation that can play out that this makes sense to me. Like if the bears still get Russell Wilson, then you overpaid for a backup when you also already had Nick Foles who was an overpaid backup. Who is an overpaid backup? So even if you get Wilson, it doesn't cure everything. It just makes the Dalton thing more confusing. And if you draft a quarterback, then now you have a guy who, okay, is Andy Dalton the bridge? Are you just going to burn another year of the window your defense gave you now that the defense is kind of starting to be um, rebuilt or retooled with some new players? Like, well, that's a whole are you other kicking thing. the can down the road. Like that's a whole other thing. If you are drafting a quarterback, which I would assume the Bears are at this point, unless they do magically get Russell Wilson, if you are mm-hmm. drafting a quarterback, then why the frick are you holding on to Khalil Mack? Like, to just being totally honest, Khalil Mack is your most valuable asset. Mm-hmm. Trade him. Trade him while he is still in his young thirties. He is still a very productive outside linebacker trade him like it's i don't know how many years you have to watch the bears to understand that defense rarely wins championships in today's nfl it is yep. not the mode of success in the nfl like i guess defense this will pe- get you to the playoffs but it won't win you a championship same y- with the rams same with yeah name a team i mean you can like point that. out the buccaneers this past year yes their defense was crazy the way they limited the chiefs it's not like Tom Brady and the Bucks' offense didn't play good football either. They had a yeah. I mean, their defense was maybe the stronger unit, but they had the goat at their quarterback. They had like, a very balanced team. Yeah. That's what they were—a balanced team. And mm-hmm. I, so, for me, if you if you plan to win this year, then keep Khalil Mack. If you are planning on drafting a quarterback, we're gonna let him sit behind Dalton this year. Maybe next year he starts or whatever then get rid of Mac because by the time the young quarterback mm-hmm. is ready to be a, your Pat Mahomes level starter or whatever, yeah. Khalil Mack is going to be unproductive and expensive. It's not worth it. So, yeah. and that's again, this, this lack of communication with the fan base. If there's an extension, just tell us. Cause if we knew there was an extension, these moves may not be so confusing. And, yep. But because you refuse to tell us, we're just very perplexed by the entire situation. <clears throat> Nothing makes sense. Up is down. Like, I don't know. It's it's very very bizarre to me. And I don't think Andy Dalton precludes the Bears from getting Russell Wilson. And I don't think Andy Dalton precludes the Bears from trading Foles to a team and saving cap space there. So then you only do have one expensive backup. I do think there's scenarios out there where 
this crazy scenario can happen where Russell Wilson does end up on the Bears and the Bears don't have Nick Foles and all this stuff. I do think that's possible. But mm-hmm. there's so much of the Bears fan base right now that actually still very confidently believes that, oh, no, 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 the Ryan Pace, Andy Dalton signing, it was just he, – he's like so many steps ahead of the game. Like it was yeah. – he's playing chess, okay? Like he's doing the Andy Dalton move to set up this really big move where he's going to take your queen and it's going to be the Russell Wilson move. And you're not, you'll never expect it, but he's doing Andy Dalton. It's actually a smoke screen. It's a smoke screen that's going to lead you. It's just like, when has Ryan Pace ever proved to you that that is how this will go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that can happen, but why? Is, what's the reason to assume that it will? And people will point and yeah. say, well, the Bears got Khalil Mack out of nowhere. To me, Khalil Mack... That was a very simple move in comparison to To me, to it's this. very different than a quarterback. Yeah. A superstar quarterback. Anyway, let's... Yeah, I mean, last thing I'll say on it is, like, really what this boils down to, the frustration isn't so much specific moves, but, like, not knowing the direction your team's going in. I'll say, as a Detroit sports fan, there's a lot of frustration right now with how bad all of our teams are but what's not frustrating is now just within the past like year really some of these teams that were really bad now have a clear direction and the direction kind of sucks it's a rebuild and rebuilds are not fun as a fan but at least it's a clear direction so the pistons tore the whole thing down not a single player left from last year and obviously we're not good this year but it's a clear direction he's rebuilding he's getting a lot of young athletic guys the lions i mean you just you traded stafford galladay's gone like the lions are going to be bad next year probably like two wins am i going to enjoy watching a two-win lions team no not necessarily but it's a lot easier to stomach when you know that those two wins are the first step in at least a real plan the plan's not guaranteed to work but at least you know the direction but if you don't, if you're not either t- trying to be a contender this year or rebuilding, you're probably just floundering around in the middle, which is mediocrity, and that's the worst place you can be as a fan. The Pistons were there for years, and as much as it sucks to watch them rebuild now, I'd rather watch them rebuild for a couple of years and have some hope than watch them squeak into the playoffs and get swept by the Bucks and then the Cavs, like. That's the worst place you can be as a fan. That's sports purgatory. And the Bears don't know what they're doing on defense. You keep switching quarterbacks every year, one-year deal now for Dalton. It's like, what's the direction? You know, and that's the most yep. frustrating part. So, yeah. You said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's continue to talk about frustration uh, just with a different sport, and that is March Madness. Uh, now, Mad- what a ride! Now, madness is usually usually used here to refer to craziness, but uh, there have been definitely some surprising things that have happened that have caused some bad beats. And I know one of the two of us <sighs> has not been happy with the way their moves have gone on points bet, Ugh. which, by the way, tells me that we should talk about our sponsor. Points bet is where we gamble, and you should gamble there with us for all your sports betting needs. Um, we do that uh, on the Scorecast. We talk about it every Wednesday, 
at 9 p.m. Central with Man Michigan Hat, myself, and Richie Chicago. Um, yeah, so go join Sports Bet. Bet along with us. Uh, use our code at sign up frustrate f r u s t r a t e frustrate to join. And what'll happen is you get a deposit match anywhere from fifty to two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, so if you put in fifty, you actually bet with a hundred. You put in one fifty, you bet with three hundred, so on and so forth. That's awesome. So use that promo code and sign up for us uh, and play along with us and follow follow our picks on at SYSS Scorecast on Twitter. Watch the Scorecast show, all that good stuff. And may I just say a recommendation? Back Richie right now. Uh, he's had a couple. These last two days of March Madness weren't as good as his first couple days, but he was doing really well. And I personally am going to keep backing him, um, so I'd recommend you back him as well, uh, at least if you like making money. So, uh, But, yeah, so on points bet, there have been some, some bad beats, some surprising upsets. Yeah. How have you enjoyed so, March Madness so far? All right. <laughs> Let me just say up front, PointsBet is great. What a great platform. I really enjoyed betting on there. They make it so convenient, and I'm not at all slamming them. This is all about myself because they've created an amazing and convenient way for me to lose all my money these past few days. I have had a historically brutal stretch. Uh, At one point, I think I had lost eight or nine bets in a row. And it wasn't all like crazy parlays or anything. It was like money line and spread picks. So I at one point I was I had doubled my points bet account and then went I fell asleep on the couch watching games and I woke up and I had four dollars left. <laughs> and I had lost like I had bet Texas money line, I had parlayed Texas with something else, I had Texas against the spread, I had I think BYU was another late like there were several late games and I woke up at like 1 a.m. like oh what happened I checked points bet broke um deposited again had a couple big money line picks and like my problem was I treated it like the stock market I was trying to explain this to you and Richie like my strategy which clearly hasn't worked was like the stock market what do they tell you you don't put your money in a savings account it's worthless just sitting there like let your money work for you grow your money so i would treat it like that like i'm gonna have a couple risky bets in my march madness portfolio like i'm gonna do a couple parlays a couple underdogs and then i'm gonna bet the rest of my money on big favorites and try to get money line make a small profit right like i'm not gonna make a lot of money that way but instead of just letting it sit in the account i'm gonna bet it make a few dollars here or there and just slowly grow. Yep. That does not work <laughs> in March Madness. Ohio State account wiped. <laughs> Texas, Oklahoma State, Illinois. Like all these big money lines where it's like, yeah, I'll bet $15 and I'll make $3. No, what's actually going to happen is you're going to lose $15 and not just once or twice and I make it up through all the other ones. Almost every time I bet a favorite, which I've watched college basketball long enough. I should have been prepared for this, <laughs> but I think not having the tournament last year and not being a, like a heavy, I didn't really bet much two years ago 
which is the last time we had a tournament. Like I played a couple here and there, but I hadn't bet like every game like I had been doing. It's been chaos. My account's been in shambles. In in shambles. Yeah. I think last time I checked my points bet account, it was just on fire. Like it was just a graphic of fire <laughs> where my <laughs> where my balance normally is. So I have well, I, I've cut myself off. I'm not betting again until April. Well, I I wanted to get to this later, but I'm just going to jump to it now. Um, I do want to talk about some games you watched, like what you've enjoyed seeing, like just some mm-hmm. some fun games. Uh, but before we do that, you're talking about like not knowing what to expect going in. And I heard a cr- criticism today on the radio, and it's it's a fair criticism, though it is something that it's like, I mean, what do you expect us to do in a COVID world? But I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Um, one of the biggest narratives going on right now in March Madness is that the Big Ten is a joke because you had nine yeah. teams enter, and currently Michigan is the only team left standing from the Big Ten, which congratulations, man, through- Michigan hat. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get more to that. But Which is crazy. We're only through the second round, yep. and they're all gone. So yeah. the one thought was – because everyone viewed the Big Ten as potentially the top conference in the country with nine mm. team representatives, people saying, really, you know, Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, uh, Ohio State, any of those four teams could make a serious run at a title. Uh, you could have, you know, Maryland and Rutgers are both, and Purdue are all like teams that could make, you know, deeper runs than expected or deeper runs than their seating would suggest or whatever. Uh, but it obviously hasn't materialized to that. So I, I guess I'm curious the, the criticism mm-hmm. was on the radio due to the lack of non-conference games, it created a skewed perception or a skewed reality where you view certain teams as so good but they're only so good against the teams that they play against, which are in their conference. And so we had this perception of, oh, well, Gonzaga is probably actually not really that good because they play in a conference with a bunch of clown schools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, the Pac-12 actually isn't that good. Yeah, there's USC and Oregon, but outside of that, the rest of the schools in that conference are pretty much a joke. Well, it's it's funny just how life works because now you have the Big Ten. All these teams make the conference after being seated highly, and now they are being proven to be jokes. And so I guess I, I'm not saying this very concisely, but the question is, do you think the lack of non-conference games impacted seeding, impacted our perception, and has also therefore impacted our betting? Yeah, I, it's interesting. Um, I mean, they did play some non-conference games. I mean, they had, like, Iowa played Gonzaga in the non-conference. They lost to them. Um, yeah, as I'm looking here at the Big Ten non-conference games. I mean, there was some, like, Moorhead State, their tournament team ah. this year, but nothing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I think that you do – it is true. You get a better perception of how good a league is when you have a more normal non-conference schedule. Um, this has just been such a weird year in general. Like, you see 
all the blue bloods that are traditionally good yeah. like kentucky north carolina duke all being terrible um so it makes you think like how is this year affecting the games like what is it about this year that makes things different and is that same thing also what's causing the big 10 struggles in the postseason i mean there's talk about like my theory had been which i it was easier to say yesterday when iowa hadn't also just lost (laughs) and maryland but my theory was you know what like they play such a tough conference schedule where you're playing ranked teams, top 10 teams, like day after day after day, that it just wears on you. Ohio State and Illinois made the deepest run in the Big Ten tournament. They were at one point the two biggest upsets. I'm like, maybe it's just exhaustion and fatigue. And I think that is part of it. But now at this point, like even as a Big Ten fan, like it's gotten to the point where you have to at least acknowledge some degree of overrating or well, inflated schedule or something. And that's the thing. You're you're here saying, oh yeah, well you have to understand the Big Ten. They're playing these, you know, top ten or these, you know, right. all these rated te- ranked teams. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. where maybe the rankings were skewed based on again yeah. this weird, bizarro reality that we're living in, where the the lack of non conference games is made for an inaccurate understanding mm-hmm. of the how good these teams actually are or even like bigger than just the ranking is like the Ken Palm rankings, which that's what's used to determine the the tournament. And that's like your defensive rating, your offensive rating, your strength of schedule, all this stuff. But that's affected by like your shooting percentage, how well you play defense, all that stuff that all relates to, to your competition, which if it's overestimated, uh, I mean, that factors in there too. So, I mean, it's hard, like, is it just as simple as there's been a few crazy games, the Big Ten is good, but, I mean, you flip a coin enough times, and this is just the one tournament that the Big Ten really struggles in, and if you run this tournament back 20 more times, you have an all-Big Ten Final Four, five of them. I don't know, like, maybe, but all we can go off of is the results we see right in front of us, and in this tournament... It doesn't look great for the Big Ten, so right. um, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to think at this point. Um, the team. I mean, I think you can tell watching our team, two teams play in the regular season, even though it's a Big Ten team playing a Big Ten team. You can look at the the skill level of the players and their shooting things like that, and you can tell are these good teams or not good teams. And so I really do think, like when we saw Michigan and Ohio State that regular season game went to it was like 82 to 79 or whatever that really close really good game was i think you could look at that and say okay these are two really good teams despite the fact that ohio state got embarrassed by oral roberts like college basketball is just weird man it's just like one of those things especially in tournament where it's one game winner go home um Mm -hmm. because yeah I, i would bet that if oral roberts University and Ohio and the Ohio State University played a <laughs> yes. even a three game series. I would mm-hmm. still pick even if Oral Roberts won game one. I would still pick Ohio State yeah. to win the series. Um, right, but I mean it. It's just the beauty and the craziness of March Madness. Mm-hmm. But when it happens to that many Big Ten teams, like it's got to make you question it a little bit. Yep. And I, I am questioning it. Well, and, I don't know the answer, you know, but. 
to help you not feel so bad about your conference, I mean, just look at all of the conferences in general and all these big schools that have gone down. I mean, Texas was mm-hmm. a big one uh, that lost to Abilene Christian. Virginia lost to Ohio, not Ohio Defending State, champion Ohio. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Florida went down to Oral Roberts right after Ohio State yep, did. Yep. Um, Tennessee lost to Oregon State. Oklahoma State then lost to Oregon State. So that Big Twelve doesn't look as good there. You know. Yeah. No. Th- there's. I mean, there's a lot of examples here. Of- BYU lost to UCLA. UConn lost to Maryland, which Maryland and Illinois lost to Loyola. Big Ten team. Which yeah. Like, in- Purdue yeah. lost to North Texas. Like, there's there's just been a lot of upsets all across the board. Like mm-hmm. this year, I don't know. People probably say this every year, but it feels like more this year than ever before. It, it is feel like that every year, though. Too, it is funny. I I think a lot of this, the perception for the Big Ten looks really bad because you have ups, upsets all across the board, and this just happens to be a year that the Big Ten has a lot of highly ranked teams. Yeah. So, I feel like this a lot of years you see a lot of high rate, highly seeded teams go down. It's just a lot of years you don't have all those same highly seeded teams from the same conference. Yeah. So I think it does kind of make it look worse. But well, um, let's. I don't know. What I'd like to do is instead of talking about just the complexities of it and maybe the concerns with how the the tournament was put together, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we're just happy that the tournament is here this year. We're happy we get to watch it, that we get yep. to bet on it, all that stuff. Um, what I'd like to do is just kind of talk about some of the games that we watched and what you enjoyed. So as a Michigan fan, I know you had money on Ohio State, but did you have fun watching them get beaten by a school with the name Oral in its name? <laughs> I did, yeah. And this is like going back to my uh, how upset I was with gambling. Like, I'm not going to go as far as saying betting on these has ruined March Madness for me, <laughs> but it does kind of take away some of that. Like, I don't enjoy the Oral Roberts upset as much when I just lost $15 on it. Like, so... <laughs> as i kind of look at it just as a fan of the sport some of this is kind of hard to analyze because i love that it happened from a fan perspective but it cost me money (laughs) so basically all these upsets cost me money (laughs) so um but yeah that was a great game um i'm kind of looking through the bracket here i liked wisconsin over north carolina that was fun to watch Uh, and that wasn't even that close of a game but um North Texas Purdue. Honestly, I'm trying to even remember what I watched. I know I, I did watch a lot of Oral Roberts, Ohio State. I watched that whole game. I watched all of Illinois, Loyola, Chicago, which that was great, I missed too. a lot of that one, but I watched, like, the last 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Honestly, I've wa- I watched a lot of a lot of these games. I just... Cause especially the Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday games, like... It was on mm-hmm. my TV all day, and so whether I was sitting down actively watching or just in and out of the room, I caught a lot of all of these. I just I'm trying to remember any specific things that stuck out to me. This one hurt from a betting standpoint, but it still was very fun to watch. West Virginia, Syracuse, I liked a lot. Um, so I had bet on West Virginia because, of course, I did. Um, but that was a really good game, good shooting Um entertaining to watch because the, the, both of those were teams that i hadn't watched like 
the the best part of March Madness is watching a lot of teams that I had never really watched during the regular season, like Oregon State, Tennessee. Like I had maybe seen one game with each of those two teams all year, so yeah, that was fun. I'll- Texas Tech, Arkansas was a brutal ending since I bet on Texas Tech, <laughs> but close game. Um, I'll say this: I think that I think that so far Baylor has lived up to the hype because uh, there was a lot of people saying. Yeah. that Baylor always chokes and obviously they still mm-hmm. have time to do that but uh Baylor has lived up to the hype so far cuz they're both both of their wins they won by 24 against Hartford and then they won by 13 against Wisconsin like very comfortable mm-hmm. victories um I've been impressed with them yeah that's a good point uh let's see um, I had, oh, I watched a decent amount of Iowa Grand Canyon and I just, I didn't watch that hmm. much regular season college basketball. So I hadn't really seen much of Luca Garza and I'm sure as yeah. a big 10 fan, you probably are annoyed by him, but I had a lot, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I had a lot of fun He's really watching good. him play. Yeah. Um, Actually, the guy who coaches Grand Canyon used to coach Valparaiso, which we were talking about. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, like I've met him before and stuff. And so that was kind of cool seeing a guy I know, you know, coaching. So um, um, that was fun. I don't, I watched a lot of that game, too. Um, you would appreciate this. You know how Ohio won? Mm-hmm. So uh, Chuck Swirsky, who's the radio voice for the Chicago Bulls, he has this thing where after the Bulls win, he does these like very awkward old white man dances. Um, <laughs> and so at, he went to Ohio University. And after Ohio won, he recorded a video of himself dancing. But he introduced them <laughs> as the Ohio University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I like that. Yeah. Or uh, I saw a lot of the Oral Roberts University. <laughs> yeah it's yeah i love put that. some That's respect it. on oral robert's name <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was the best like cinderella like right now i'd say loyola chicago is for sure what do you uh, mean by best like best story or most oh. fun to watch loyola, loyola chicago. chicago just because it has the sister gene yeah. and all that stuff i mean i mean they're or, they're not the lowest seated team obviously but i mean to me i i think of three you have loyola you have Oral Roberts and you have Oregon and St- Oregon State are probably mm-hmm. your three biggest, would you say? I mean, there's it's been such a crazy. There's still two 11 seeds like oh, yeah, UCLA Syracuse. and Syracuse. Like UCLA, I mean, I haven't watched them that much. I like that they knocked out Michigan State, yeah. but I think Syracuse is like one of the most fun low seeded teams to watch. I think I could see Syracuse upsetting Houston. I think West Virginia is better than Houston is, so I could see it for sure. Who did Syracuse play in round one? San Diego State, hmm. which is also they were six. Wales seed, Vagina, I mean. <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Syracuse a lot. I like Loyola Chicago. I, Oregon State's an interesting team. Who do you think has the best shot of knocking off Gonzaga? Michigan probably baylor in the final you don't think you think in michigan and gonzaga meet you don't think michigan can do it i think they can but i don't think they would 
if livers was in i'd be more confident and not to use that as an excuse but i think that does hurt them would michigan Um, fare better against baylor than gonzaga i don't know enough about the two to compare um I know Gonzaga shoots the three really well. I mean, they both do everything really well, mm-hmm. obviously, but I'd have to look and see. But basically, Michigan's biggest problem is whichever team's more athletic and like quick and transition would cause more problems. Because, hmm. um, I mean, that was the problem with LSU today. It was a really good game, really close game, but we struggled on defense with full court transition. So, so yeah, tell, so obviously, you know, those who are listening, they may have their own rooting interests. I don't really have a rooting interest per se. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to adopt Loyola Chicago like I did two years ago. Um, yeah. But obviously you have a very strong rooting interest and your team is still, you know, one of the one of the three one seeds left. So what have you thought of Michigan in the tournament so far and uh, coming up to play Florida State? So who? what do you expect with that? So expectations without livers have been adjusted to where I think kind of ceiling for this team, best case scenario is final four. Um, Not that I'm not going to hope for more and not that more isn't possible, but that's just kind of my realistic expectation right now. And even that's a stretch. Um, First game against Texas Southern cakewalk and the people are complaining afterwards because we made some mistakes in the second half, kind of sloppy, didn't end it as well as we could have, but still won by uh, 16 points. And so it's like, that was kind of nice reflecting back. Like, it, man, it's really nice to be a one seed yeah. <laughs> because normally that first round. Um, yeah. I mean like Tennessee got upset by Oregon state in the first round. If Michigan plays the way they did against Texas Southern and it's Oregon state, you probably lose that game. Um but that's the luxury you get by being a one seed. So that was good. Um, and then the LSU game today was insane. Um, they're a good team. Like, and they match up. It's a matchup nightmare for us. Like I said, their their strengths uh, as far as quick quick and transition transition really athletic, able to make shots uh, from three. Like they matched up. There, it was a tough matchup against Michigan for what they do. So huge win for Michigan. And then now we match up against Florida State, who also has some matchup problems. Yep. Florida State's um, good. Yeah, they are. And they're super deep. I think they have like 10 people who will play a lot of minutes. And so if Michigan gets in foul trouble, which Hunter Dickinson's gotten in foul trouble like the past three games in a row, they're so deep coming off the bench that, yeah, I, I mean – gonna be a tough game for michigan and then if michigan does beat sorry go ahead yeah i was gonna say if michigan gets past florida state then you have either ucla or alabama alabama's really tough too so um i mean it would have been nice to see more upsets like there have been in other regions like there's been tons of upsets and ucla getting to face alabama is a big upset but if Michigan does get to the final four by beating LSU, Florida state and Alabama, you would look back on that and say, yeah, that's the toughest three teams you could have faced Mm -hmm. in a row. You know, um, I mean, Texas too. So you're saying you would, you would want them to play the tougher teams. No, I'm saying like that 
I think that's a big reason why just making the final four would be a stretch. Oh, okay. Um, if they did, I would look back on it and say that that okay, I'm can be okay with losing in the final four because we made that run against several really good teams. When Michigan went to the to the championship against Villanova a couple years ago, there was some criticism and some thought like, did Michigan really earn it? They faced like a six seed Houston, and like there's a lot of upsets in their region to get to the championship like they faced Loyola Chicago in the final four so people were saying like I mean you kind of had a cakewalk which in the end March Madness is crazy you face who's there and you don't take anything away from a team you know but yeah this is a year when it looks like for Michigan to make the final four they're gonna have to earn it through the toughest teams in the division so um but yeah super happy with the win tonight and looking forward to the Florida State game um, I'd be lying if I s- said that I wasn't uh, concerned about that game. Like, I-, I probably would say that's a coin flip game right now. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, we'll see. I'm looking a little closer at my bracket right now, and I would just like everyone to know that there is a possibility that we could have an Oral Roberts Loyola Chicago Final Four matchup. It'd be amazing. <laughs> you could also have Oral Roberts Oregon State. That's what's crazy is you could have in the Elite Eight, you could if Syracuse upsets Houston, they'll be facing either Loyola, Oregon, Oregon State, or Loyola, yep. and that's yeah, you're talking like an eleven versus an eight or a twelve. That's so insane. there's been tons of chaos. That's the the division Illinois was supposed to cruise through, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you throwing in your Westbridge there. Well, yeah, a little bit. Well, it's that that was considered like the super stacked division like Illinois fans were saying yeah we got the toughest division by far and yeah you had Oklahoma State uh West Virginia Houston like you had some good teams there and then now like all those teams have been eliminated <laughs> including Illinois so it's funny after all the talk of how good that division is <laughs> Loyal Chicago Oregon State Syracuse are three of the last four yeah it's crazy yeah oh man well uh have you did you ever did you even fill out a bracket i don't remember i did but i don't think it was in our group okay i had filled one out and then i thought it was that one but then i looked once the games had started and i think it was just a. is your bracket any good at all i haven't even checked it and no because i had michigan beating ohio state in the championship (laughs) (laughs) so i already know for sure it's not so one side Um, of your bracket is totally busted i think i had ohio state against west virginia in the champ in the the final four and then i had michigan beating i think gonzaga so i mean that part's still okay i think the division michigan's in i've been pretty close i had texas over abilene christian obviously and i did have byu over ucla so like that matchup's completely wrong but i think most of the rest i got mostly right in that side i had uh i'm I'm not doing great um but i Mm -hmm. had for me the big thing is i have gonzaga winning it so obviously that is still live but i had gonzaga beating a magical run by oklahoma state and so obviously that's dead um so currently, according to the ESPN, my bracket, which I titled Gunzag Me Bro, um, <laughs> is it says percentage 87%. Is that top 87 or your? I think it's the percent that I top. have correct. Okay. 
I'm in the top 1.9 million. All right, let me see. Which I feel like is not awful. All right, my bracket is what's your score? Max what? My max score is 1180. All right, mine's 1140. Yes, I'm beating uh, I'm beating you. My my percentage is 87%. I'm ranked 1.9. Okay, that's So is that top 1.9? I'm 1.9 also. So that's okay. we're probably right around the average mm-hmm. person. So top 80 is percentage 87. I wish you could see like Oh wait, here, let me hit this. Yeah, I want to I wish you could see like what percentile you're in. Yeah, that would be that would be cool to know. I think there's a way to do that. I would have to play around with it if you know what I mean. In the Shoot Your Shot Sports huh. group, which you failed to join. Um, Ri- yeah, who's winning? Richie. Richie is winning number – he's number one, and I'm number two. Well, that's good. I moved up. And if you're listening hmm. to our special – if you're listening to our March Madness episode last week – um, when we filled out a bracket for our wives, I submitted our wives bracket to oh, and the, to that group. Yeah, they're currently sixth with 270 total points. <laughs> they have nine percent correct, and they rank 13.4 million. Well, Clemson got knocked out in the first round, and UConn did. They have a maximum no. of 430 points. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we were talking when we made that bracket like usually somebody who knows nothing about basketball always does pretty well yep. but yeah i think we picked oral roberts to beat ohio state though didn't we uh, no bracket. i don't think so oh <laughs> um let's see i'm trying to see how many we actually got right so okay wait so houston West Virginia and Syracuse. Wow, we got, yeah, we had we got Syracuse right. West Virginia Syracuse matchup. Hmm. Um, we had Illinois and Loyola. We had we did have Oral Roberts. We had Oral Roberts in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Uh, wow. We had Villanova. We had Abilene Christian right in that one. I'm um, not there yet. We had Baylor. We had Alabama, we had Abilene Christian, Florida State, Michigan, we had Oregon, Iowa, USC, Kansas. It sounds like we did pretty good, actually. (laughs) Creighton. It's just because our final picks were so bad. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, but after that round is when it gets worse. Yeah. Most impressively, though, is we still have Syracuse alive. Oh wow, <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, well, my. So I guess on my bracket, the first round, the West Division, I got every pick right. Whoa, nice. Just just in that division. Uh, and then in the East, I got. Oh wait, no. And then in the Midwest, I got all but one right. Nice. But then it was just the rounds after that. I got 
Like I had a lot of the right teams in those rounds, and then I got almost all of them wrong in the second round <laughs> on all the divisions. Well, huh. we've talked a lot about the Bears, and we talked a lot about March Madness. Do you have any more comments on March Madness and your good old boy Dickie Vital? <laughs> it's amazing. For, former uh, former Pistons head coach. Seriously, look it up. Pistons legend. Yeah, the most memorable year and like six days in <laughs> coaching history <laughs> no i don't think so um really excited to keep watching future rounds uh it's been a lot of fun awesome well with that let's take a quick break all right we are back and listen it's been a crazy week and weekend with all of the college basketball we both have been I just know we're really busy with work stuff, so I have to apologize, but we have only one short segment for you today on this shortened episode of Frustration Nation, but let's go ahead and get into it, and that that one segment we have is You Effin' Idiot. So, I would like to start, yep. if you're okay with this. Let me uh, make sure I know what I'm talking about here. Like, I have the general story. Um, let me do a little quick Googling. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is from okay. theguardian.com. An announcer for a live stream of an Oklahoma girls high school basketball game cursed and called one team by a racial epithet as the players knelt during the national anthem, then suggested his diabetes was to blame for the episode in a statement expressing his regret. The incident occurred on Thursday before the Norman High School Midwest City quarterfinal game in Sapulpa as the Star Spangled Banner began to play. The broadcasters told their listeners on the NFHS network stream they would return after a break, and then one, apparently not realizing the audio was still live, used an expletive and the epithet as the Norman players knelt. They're kneeling? F them, one of the men said. I hope the Norman girls, I hope the Norman gets their ass kicked. I hope they lose. Come on, Midwest City, they're going to kneel like that? Hell no. He went on to call the players the N-word. The incident was posted on Twitter and widely disseminated on Friday. Matt Rowan, owner of OSPN, the third-party company that produced the telecast for NFHS, revealed on Friday afternoon that he was the speaker overheard during the anthem. So that's the owner. The owner of this broadcasting network. Dude. Matt Rowan, who described himself as a family man and former youth pastor, said there was no excuse for his commit comments before disclosing that he suffers from type 1 diabetes and attributing his use of racist language to hyperglycemia. <laughs> so let me, let me pull up his statement. Now I'll read you his statement. Hold on. Okay. This is this is just unbelievable. I, Matt Rowan, on Thursday, March 11th, 2021, 
most regrettably made some statements that cannot be taken back. During the Norman High School girls basketball game against Midwest City, I made inappropriate and racist comments believing that the microphone was off. However, let me state immediately that is no excuse. Such comments should never have been uttered. I am a family man. I am married, have two children, and at at one time was a youth pastor. I continue to be a member of a Baptist church. I have not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I have embarrassed and disappointed my family and my friends. I will state that I suffer type 1 diabetes, and during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. (laughs) Okay, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I always hate it when I haven't had a meal in a few hours and it makes me accidentally become racist. (laughs) I mean, it happens to the best of us, so yeah, I can get that. I just don't understand (laughs) how all this stuff... So, I I mean, you can read the rest of this article, listeners, if you want to find out what happens to him. I mean... I'm sure he got fired. Um, it's this. I'm reading this from theguardian.com. It's entitled, High School Announcer Caught by Hot Mike Blames Racist Outburst on High Blood Sugar. Um, but yeah, I mean, first of all, it's disgraceful that you are, you're saying you at one time were a youth pastor and that you're an active member of a Baptist church and you're out here dropping the F-bomb and the N-word. Um the fact that you're upset by these players kneeling for the, these high school kids kneeling for the anthem is an entirely separate issue, but not even like the crux of the problem with this story. And I wrote him in our notes as blood sugar guy because <laughs> it's just, it is, it is absolutely retarded to me that you're going to blame. And okay, maybe I don't have type one diabetes and maybe I don't understand exactly how blood sugar levels can affect you or not affect you. But it seems a little outlandish to me that you're blaming the use of those words on your blood sugar. Yeah. Like it doesn't, as far as I know, it doesn't put words in your mouth. Like, if you're going to say, like, Tourette's or something, okay, maybe you have some kind of leg to stand on because there's actually a history of that being a correlation. But blood sh- yeah, I don't get that. Like, not to be insensitive to people who struggle with that, but I just don't see that as a symptom. It's like, also different to be like, oh, wow, I, I said something totally delusional that didn't make any sense at all. And saying expletives and racial slurs within a context that unfortunately makes sense you know what i mean like yeah it, it wasn't yeah. like he just said the f word and the n word just like randomly like out of nowhere mm-hmm. he was saying it within the context of these players kneeling for the anthem and he clearly has somewhere in his psyche strong feelings against this group of people okay mm-hmm. and so all I'm basically what my point is, I, I I could buy it if he like said, you know, purple jellyfish in the middle of <laughs> right. because it's like 
I'm sorry. What I said was random and didn't make any sense. It's because of my blood yeah, sugar. That's all right. Kind of weird, but cool. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. The f bomb and the n word is like, whoa, dude. If that's even in your vocabulary to to say subconsciously, yes, that just shows a deeper issue. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to him as he struggles through this difficult time. Um, it, it, we know that diabetes-fueled racism uh, is a serious issue, which we take very seriously here on Frustration Nation. It affects up to one person a year. So, um, yeah. So watch <laughs> out. Go out to watch him. out for whoever it will be in 2022. <laughs> one person. If you have year, type yep. one diabetes, alert yourself and your friends. You might want to, yeah, tape your mouth up if you might be on a mic. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. so, you know, I we try to have fun, make fun of people. This guy was such an idiot where in some ways it's not even funny. It's just sad. <laughs> yeah. But blaming, yeah, like you said, the comedy in this is that he's blaming all of this on his blood <laughs> sugar. It, it That's what... Like the ludicrous side of it is what makes it funny because it's so ridiculous. And, yeah, it's obviously disgusting that he and this after <laughs> this, was said. this earlier in the statement he said there's no excuse for what I said. Then he's like, but oh, I will stop. say my blood right. sugar was <laughs> spiking. <laughs> there's no excuse aside from this totally legitimate excuse. <laughs> right? <laughs> you should have stopped your sentence right after. There's no excuse. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have made anything better. But it, people might have forgotten more easily. Now you're going to be a meme that people remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I it's... mean, people still make fun of Tom Brenneman. Like you'll see on Twitter all the time. Like mm-hmm. somebody will start tweeting something, and then they'll say, "And there's a drive by Castellanos <laughs> deep to left field, and it will be a home run." Like, like people comment on that more than his original quote he said on the hot mic. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so this blood sugar thing has all it's done is made him more memorable um so for that reason it's appropriate he's the effing idiot because he doubled down and made this worse a hundred percent a hundred percent but if you if you listeners if you're ever in a pinch if you ever are like oh shoot i made a mistake at work my bot like this is a fireable offense or whatever Mm -hmm. your boss comes and confronts you all you have to do is tell them that your blood sugar was spiking and you'll be good I normally never forget to do my assignment, like my projects on time and get those reports in. Um, like I, I'm a former youth pastor. That's just I, not what I would do. But I will say at the time, my blood sugar was spiking. Just for the record, I, I would. it's never acceptable. I will not make any excuses. But <laughs> I just thought you should know my blood sugar was spiking. Well, yeah. you should probably see it. Maybe throw that in yeah, there. Yeah, could, yeah. You should probably yeah, see a doctor idea. about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, well, do you have an effing idiot? Yeah, mine just happened. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I mean, a couple hours ago, but it was today. Um, Theo Maladon, I believe that's pronounced correctly. It's a French name, um, but he plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Have you seen his missed dunks? No. He misses two wide-open dunks in the same fast break. Um, okay, I'm gonna so try he, to look this up. Yeah, look this up right now. But basically, um, he gets the ball here. I've got the clip right now. Um, How do so you I'll kind of narrate? T h e o m a l e d o n. So he steals the ball. The defender falls down. He's all by himself. Misses the first kind of lay-in attempt. Gets the rebound, 
and then misses the two-hand dunk. <laughs> I just saw it. I have never seen a worst a worse fast break attempt. The the headline, this one's by Fansighted, not a sponsor. It says, watch the worst fast break attempt in NBA history. <laughs> that's I mean, that's incredible. That's ac- that's gotta be I mean, you see clips of like missed dunks that go off the heel of the rim and all this stuff, but I've never seen two in a row like that. Stupid French. Um so things happen, I get it. He's a rookie. I don't want to be too hard on the guy. But that's that level of failure. I'm sorry, you got to be the effing idiot. There was no one there. You could have laid it in. And, like, if you missed the first try, that's probably when you'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to lay it in on the second one, make sure I get it, right? But he goes for the two-hand dunk on the second one. Uh, you know what's funny? Yeah. As I keep watching this, when yeah. he when he's on this fast break and he first goes up for the layup, on the bench, his his team's bench behind him, you see these two players like stand up, like they're getting ready to celebrate a dunk, and, and he goes for the layup. Well, it's just a layup, and then they stay standing, hoping he dunks it again, and then he misses, and they just like are just standing there, <laughs> <laughs> like me at the beginning of the episode, just <laughs> eyes glazed over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is though. This was a good effing idiot segment. Thank you. Sometimes yeah. these yeah. are hit or we miss. We had a couple. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of a stretch. We have to like force it, or I'll just name myself the effing idiot because every week there's something I can name myself the idiot for. Um, but yeah, these were a couple of good ones. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's move on and finish off with our silver lining. Again, this was a short segment episode, but a lot of discussion before that. Um, so, <laughs> if you want an update on my car, I think it's fixed. I'm. <laughs> it's one of those things where if you if you're the primary driver of it you're automatically going to be more paranoid and worried about it than maybe i probably should be my dad drove it he said he thought it was fine so i'm going to try to be positive about it i'm going to try to drive it with confidence in that and the reason i'm going to drive it with confidence is because this week we are scheduled to go to florida and it is going to be a nice. driving trip yep so next week on frustration nation furious george will be reporting from just south of Orlando in Florida. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. So are you going to take, I guess we haven't talked about it yet. Are you going to take your stuff and yeah, record from there? Yeah, I'm planning on it. Sweet. That yeah, and scorecast. I'm probably going to, I'm going to try to figure out what to do with scorecast because I know points, but gets mad if you have your shirt off, but I really <laughs> want to be like in the pool or something. and like <laughs> That would be sweet. Somehow yeah. record scorecast from the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Just drop the mic in the water. <laughs> yeah. <That'd> be, right. <laughs> uh so yeah. <laughs> nice. So I'm that's my silver lining. Get to go to Florida. I, I'm all stocked up. Like I bought I really needed some new shorts, so I bought some new shorts from Old Navy. I love old navy pants, so got some new shorts. Uh I got a pair mm-hmm. of golf shorts. I got golf shoes. I got a golf hat and I got a golf glove. Some and I have, wow. yeah, I am all ready to go and I'm ready to show you up when we go golfing this summer at some point. <laughs> <laughs> this shouldn't be too hard. I've never <laughs> golfed. So <laughs> he's yeah, really good at golf, be... everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak peek. Yeah. We'll tease that a little more as we get closer, but we're planning like a frustration nation outing maybe. So yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, to fully tease it, because I don't care. It either happens or it doesn't. But the hope is 
that we will go golfing and at some point over the course of nine holes we will with lapel mics record a full episode of frustration nation <laughs> while we are golfing so we'll see how that works it might backfire i'm sure plenty of frustration yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> so but anyway so i'm very much looking forward to warm weather to golfing and s- to an extent the road trip i do enjoy just driving on the road to an extent it's going to be 17 hours with two little kids and that part's going to suck um yep but uh the parts i can enjoy i'll do my best to enjoy for sure yep what about you what's your silver lining well my silver lining um I mean, you all know, listeners, I'm a fan of Detroit sports, which has not been successful. Um, But Michigan basketball has been a bright spot. And today I can proudly say that I am thankful to not be a fan of Illinois or Ohio State or Iowa or Purdue or Wisconsin or Maryland or Rutgers or Michigan State. That's a lot of silver linings. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm proud of you. I'm I'm proud of you that you have a team that is <laughs> living up to uh higher expectations than anyone else in your fandom. Um Yeah, rare, but uh yeah, excited to finally be on the right side of this. Yeah, and we're still working on hopefully getting some more people to try to give you their pitch of what fan base you should join for uh college yeah. football. Um, hopefully we'll get some more of that over the summer. Uh, once some, uh, once we're down to just basically one sport being baseball. Uh, so we'll mm-hmm. keep you guys updated on that. Um, but yeah, so another great episode of frustration nation, a lot of madness, both in March and with the bears. Uh, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's just been, it's kind of been a blur this week. Um, it has gambling highs and lows game after game like it's the best time of the year with march madness games on constantly like there's no postseason or any other sporting weekend that comes close to that first weekend of march madness um but it is mentally draining if you're actually keeping up with the whole thing so actually uh, i i will say i really liked last year's mlb playoffs because it did feel like march madness because they had yeah they had so many teams that made it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Eight teams on each side, I think. Anyway, you had like it was, yeah, you had like f- an extra play in and all that. You yeah. had four playoff games each day for a weekend. Like that was crazy for baseball. And then it's awesome this yeah. year for NFL too. They expanded wild card weekend to three teams, and that was mm-hmm. also fun to have playoff football from noon like 10 p.m yep and in general that's why i'm a fan of extended playoffs in all sports but especially i could go on and on but i'm just gonna say briefly <laughs> college football i don't know how anyone could look at this and i'm not saying you need to have 64 college football teams in the playoff obviously not yeah. but i don't know how anybody can look at march madness and say you know what i think we need i think we need the same four teams to play for the college football playoff again next year yep like, and people will say, well, do you really want Alabama to beat up on some 10 seed in a college football playoff? The college football playoffs, the reason why you have such a disparity, like college basketball, what makes it so good. You have teams like Gonzaga and Baylor that are obviously 
have super talented, have more talent than most teams they play. But you have so much parity with all these the, other teams. The best player in and the country because, is at o- Oklahoma State. Right. And the second best is probably at USC. Like, And they're both tournament teams, but they're not favorites. And so I think college football, like as you look at this, college football needs to be expanded. The more teams you have in a tournament within reason, the better it is. And that's why college football or college basketball is the best postseason in sports. Yeah. So uh, take on that and suck it, NCAA commissioner person. That is what we are frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or Frustration Nation at ShootYourShotSports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. Your reviews really help us out a lot. If you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, look for new episodes every Tuesday, everywhere you can get podcasts, and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do, or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting us on Patreon for monthly subscriptions or Venmo tip jar if you want to do a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even just one dollar, which is one millionth of how much I lost gambling this week True story. in March Madness. Makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. I don't think that moment of silence was long enough. <laughs> you had. <laughs> yeah, I was not quite respectful enough. Yeah. So I think we should have another moment of silence right now to end the okay. episode. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no humming. <laughs> moment of <laughs> silence. Let And listeners, let this moment of silence carry you all the way until next week's episode.